This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. We've been talking about this extremely disturbing story all morning. Police in London, Woodstock and Brantford have confirmed eight murders at nursing homes in the region. And one woman, 49-year-old Elizabeth Tracy May Wetloafer, a registered nurse who worked in these homes, has been charged with murder. The victims have been identified. They were between the ages of 75 and 96, and the murders took place between 2007 and 2014. We don't have a great deal of information, but we've been told they were injected with a drug that was available in these facilities. All of this has to be raising questions for anyone with a loved one in a nursing home, especially these nursing homes, or anyone looking into that. How do you choose a good nursing home? How do you make sure your family member or your friend is getting good care, the care they need? And how can anyone or any institution avoid one bad apple who may be able to get away with murder, literally, for years? I'm here with Renee Enriquez, president of Comfort Care Toronto, and she is joining us, and we will be taking your questions as well. Before we talk to Renee, the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Welcome, Renee. Thanks, Libby. Um, So, first of all, what's your reaction when you hear something like this? Well, this is obviously horrifying, and anyone, anyone that works with people, uh, with the elderly and any family members that have loved ones in retirement homes must be feeling pretty frightened right now. So what is your advice to people, first of all? I'm thinking, as you said, anyone uh, with a loved one like this uh, is freaking out, probably. Uh, what should... What should they do? What's the first thing to do? Well, you know, looking for long-term care homes and retirement homes is one of those things that people don't like to do until the time is ripe. And my hope is that people might start to look for uh, solutions for their elderly loved ones earlier. Because in a crisis, the, the, the re, the, the, it, it's very difficult to make good decisions. Um, I think that people should – it's hard to give people uh, comfort in a time like this. But I, I just want to say a couple of things. Our long-term care homes are regulated and they are inspected on a regular basis by the Ministry of, uh, of Health. Um, all of the reports are available online for the public to see. Uh, retirement homes that are private are also under uh, the Retirement Home Regula- uh, Regulation Authority, and they are also inspected. 
having said that, does that make anyone feel better, um, you know, about the fact that this horrible story has come out? But doing due diligence is better than not doing due diligence. Um, I, I think that people, uh, I, I'm not sure that people understand the difference between nursing homes and retirement homes. So if I could just draw Please that. Just, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, um, so long-term care homes are homes where people uh, receive around-the-clock nursing care. They have 24-7 access to nursing care. And these homes are are regulated um, and subsidized and funded by the Ministry of Long-Term Care. Retirement homes are private. And retire ho- some retirement homes are, are funded, and there's some there's options in between. But these are the two two either ends of retirement homes are usually private. Usually, the people that live in retirement homes don't need care around the clock. They're privately paid for, and extra services can be added so that the person can get through the day. So they're two separate things. Right. Okay. Both are regulated. Um, to gain access to long-term care homes, CCAC is the gateway to this process. So for the people that don't know what CCAC is, it's our Community Care Access Center. It's a group that was set up in 1996 to help people access government-funded uh, health care and home care in their community. When someone's ready to look for a home, CCAC will help, has to be the gateway to help. They will give a list. What people don't do is research that list. So I say research it online. There are a lot of resources, home by home, that will tell you how many beds are available, what their wait list is, what the uh, last uh, reports have said for inspections, um, and it gives a lot of information. Research the homes that you like online. Speak to the Ministry uh, of Long-Term Care. They'll guide you through that process. And then do your on-site research. Take somebody with you, because you may not be completely impartial. Go and take a checklist. There's one available on the, on the ministry website, too, which is fantastic. And which, what are the kinds of things that should be on the checklist? So what should be on the checklist is things like, um, how, how do the staff look like? They, the, your overall impression, do the staff look happy to be there? Do the people look happy to be there? Are there activities going on um, where people, the residents seem to be enjoying themselves? What is the food like? What's the flexibility like? If you wanted to bring in personal care for your loved one, could you do that? Um, so, uh, and what are the programs like? What what sort of um, outings or uh, uh, activities, meaningful activities would be going on for your loved ones. Um, and so you want to look at all areas of health care as well as social care. Okay. There are certain things that you wouldn't see, though. So you yeah. wouldn't see uh, people who are, say, bedridden. Right. And we've heard of a case where the family of a man who died after his bed sores weren't looked after. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure that's not something that would have been rampant but it may have happened that's the allegation how do you how do you check about something like that well i guess in a perfect world you would go around and look under people's sheets but we can't do that so i guess you know what i'm suggesting to people is that 
no diligence often happens, don't let that happen. Do some diligence. And I think that although you say that you can't see that, you may be able to choose a good nursing. One thing that people actually get really hung up in is how does this place look? That's just us. We're human. We want our loved ones to be in a nice looking place. Yep. I can tell you that just the looks aren't good enough. Right. So they're, they can look good and be they can bad look good. Or? Well, I don't like to say any 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 home is bad because they're all a compilation of the people that are there. Some people will have a great experience with one home and in the next room someone will say they're not having a great experience. So I think doing diligence by looking at what the staff are like what how they're interacting with the with the residents find out what the staff ratio is what is the nurse how many people does that nurse is that nurse responsible for and what is a good staff ratio oh that's a tricky question libby because well, i know that there actually is a number that i don't know okay. uh, what it is i'm sorry to say uh, well, what, can um, that but, can we find that on the website uh, I, I believe on the ministry website we might be able to find that um, I'm sorry, I don't know that yeah. number, no, okay. but it's not 50 to one, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, go to the phones. We've got Pat in Etobicoke. Hello, Pat. Hello. Yes. How are you? Go ahead. I'm wanting to remind everybody of another, uh, another nurse being accused of murder. This took place, uh, over 35 years, over 30 years ago at the kids hospital the nurse's name was Susan Nellis. Yep. And she was accused of murdering several children in her care. Uh, she, her name was flashed all over, uh, all over Ontario, all over Canada. Uh, her father died of a heart attack. Her brother had a nervous breakdown. They were all in uh, nurses and doctors. And a few years later, it turned out that this medication that uh, had been said to have been administered and was so much more than what should have been given was the cause. Well, it turned out that these children's bodies caused this particular medicine to duplicate itself. So she was exonerated from this. Yeah, we were just, Renee and I were just talking about this case uh, before we went on air. Thank you for uh, reminding us about this. Um, you know, so before we go jumping in with, you know, all our body, why don't we step back and say, hold on a minute, this happened once before. Let's not get phobia about, like, because I had a baby in Sick Kids Hospital. Yeah, right. I, 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 you're you're um, absolutely right. We don't have that much information, uh, but um, my recollection is that with the Susan Nellis case, she was charged kind of in the midst of this, and um, these murders uh, ended, and um, uh, so they happened a while ago. So there's a lot that we don't know. Well, yes, but I mean, even so, even because the circumstances happened the way they did, it was proven that that particular medication that she herself uh, admitted to be giving to children was uh, not the cause of their death. The well, cause of their death was because of the body, the, their own 
babies' bodies of manufacturing is to to double the quantity. Yep, yep, you're absolutely right. But um, uh, the difference. Renee, go ahead. No, I just, I'm, I'm just jumping at the bet. That thank you for bringing that up because I, this story is very new. Yes. Um, and I, I maybe you are a nurse. I'm a nurse too. I'm so not, I want to. I want a baby who was in right. hospital right. at the time. Right. So sure. Um, the the Nellis case is is a, is a perfect example of this. And as a matter, I don't know if she still does it, but she she was hired by um, both the the Canadian and the American Nursing Association to yeah, do legal talks. She lost. Oh, she lost a, a horrible amount. And and you know that was a well publicized case. But I I know of two other cases that are like that. So you're right. We have to approach it with with a little bit of caution and that we don't know all the details as yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah we except have to be reminded of that. That's yeah. All. Yeah, yeah, except the difference is that that these deaths were not considered suspicious until some information came to light and mm. that was not the case with the babies. No. It was considered suspicious until uh, that information came out, you know, way late for Susan Nellis and her family. Um, but thank you very much for reminding us of that. And of course, it's always uh, innocent until proven guilty. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so, yes, we can't rush to judgment. We just don't have enough information. But again, uh, if some people uh, are waking up and they want to check on something in a nursing home, what should they do? Say you have somebody in oh. a nursing home and... That, just call the nursing station any time of day or night. You and mean like imminently? Like, oh, I've woken up, I want to check on mom? I want to check on mom or I want to make sure that, that everything is okay with the care that mom is getting. Yeah. Okay. So that's an ongoing, um, you know, one of the, one of the things that we always tell people is just because mom's in a retirement home or mom is in a long-term care home, that doesn't mean that there isn't a need for you as a family caregiver to take on a very strong role. And your role then shifts from everyday care to advocacy, to looking at how are things happening? Is this the best care plan that that uh, can suit mom or dad's uh, quality of life. So it, it shifts from, you know, attending family meetings, gathering resources for the nurse, nursing staff, working with the nursing staff, how, you know, how can we make their lives better? Mm-hmm. So, the, the, so the role shifts uh, as a caregiver once your loved one is in a home. And what happens if you live far away from your loved one in a care home? How do you handle that? Yeah, that's tough. I... I I, I hate when that happens because it's so worrisome for people. But, you know, <clears throat> there's a, I mean, with our world of technology, makes things a little bit easier in that, uh, yeah, a lot of elderly people aren't going to pull up Skype, maybe, or, or FaceTime. But, you know, it's not impossible that they, they, they couldn't. Their, their computer could be set do. up. Yeah, their com- and also, if they're not technologically inclined, their computer can be set up, so it's a one-button push FaceTime. Um, I know a number of people that, I, you know, I met one lady that, like, was really incredible at managing her mom's care. She lived in Montreal. Mom lived in Toronto. Uh, she had cameras in the house. Um, she had alarms in the house. She spoke to mom every day she had it set up. 
um, that mom went to the computer, pushed a button, and there she was. And she had it so well set up technologically that mom thought she lived there. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's not... It's not the same problem as it was back in before we had technology, but now it is easier. Well, we've uh, heard and seen of cases where uh, people have had cameras hidden in a nursing home room and have caught abuse through those hidden cameras. Um, What do you think of that? I think it's horrible. (laughs) I do. And you know what? I don't know the legalities of putting up cameras. We've had clients in our in our home care business that have phoned and said, you know, there's there's cameras in the room with the client. And I just say, okay, that's that's fine. Um, I'm I'm afraid to say, yeah, go ahead and put in a camera because I don't know what the legalities of it are Uh um, in terms of entrapment, maybe. Um, But. I think if it's a retirement if or you know the care people around it certainly doesn't concern me and I and I don't think that it would concern most people that feel like they're they're honest and in there for the right reasons and giving good care. Okay, uh we've got to take a quick break. I'm going to give the numbers out again before we go. I'm here with Renee Enriquez. We're talking about how to get into a good nursing home, how to make sure your loved one is getting the right kind of care. What questions do you have following this uh, very disturbing news this morning that a, a former nurse has been charged with the murder of eight residents of nursing homes aged between 75 and 96. Uh, What kind of questions does it raise for you? Also, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about the waiting lists and and how to to make sure you get into the nursing home that you really want. Uh, The numbers before we go, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Renee Enriquez, who is the president of Comfort Care Toronto. She is an expert on home care and nursing homes. And uh, we're talking about uh, how to answer your questions following this terrible story about eight nursing home residents being murdered. Uh, let's go to the phone. We we have Barbara in Hamilton. Hello, Barbara. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Libby. How are you today? Fine. How are you? Oh, not too bad. This is a subject that touches my heart because I worked in a long-term care facility for 35 years. And? And I've seen things, and um, they have put cameras up in our facility, and it was legal, but it's a hard fight because, you know, especially if it's a union, Representative place, it seems like, well, they were having a bad day. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I can understand having bad days, but you don't take it out on those people that you're taking care of. But I get off that. I just thought, you know, if people have their loved one in a facility, then 
I have a suggestion that maybe people are where most people, a lot of people go the same time every day, either after work or whatever their routine is. It's, uh, I would suggest, and I've always suggested, that people go in at different times of the day. I had a neighbor who went into a nursing home, and I told her daughter, I said, you know, uh, she's kind of suspected things. I said, well, don't just go in at the same time of day. Well, sure enough, she went in in the morning, and she found her mother in quite a state. You know, Barbara, Barbara, that is excellent advice. Thank you so much for that. That really makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, Libby, I am so grateful for people like you who get out there, messages, uh, informing people, and you know that you, if you get to one person, who knows what kind of ripple effect that will be. That that's very sweet of you, Barbara. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you. But um, that's about all I can say. I've seen things happen, but, you know, I'm sure everybody has. Okay, thank and, you. Anyway, you have a good day. And Thanks. I'm so sorry to hear about this. Really, oh. it hurts. It just hurts me so much because there are so many good nurses out there. And it's not the institution itself. It's the people who are hired by the institution. But how do they know? Well, that's what Renee is saying, that uh, any institution is just the people. Thank you, Barbara, for your call. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay. Uh, we only have um, a few seconds left. Renee, uh, what would you like to uh, leave us with? Well, one thing that I just, I, I loved what Barbara said when she said that let's not lose sight of the fact that there are, you know, so many people that work in this industry that care deeply about what they do. Um, But I also thought that her point about visiting at different times a day is really, really good. Me me too. Renee Enriquez, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate that very much. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.